February 12th, 2018. And the Winter Olympics have officially begun. Who needs them? We're actually living in a never-ending downhill slalom. Mike Pence didn't stand for the North Korean entrance. Ah, so he believes that not standing for something is a way to protest oppressive governments. Hmm. Maybe he does, Chad. Maybe he does. And maybe Martin Luther King will sell some pickup trucks. You can't spell dream without Dodge Ram. And you can't buy a Tesla without shooting it into space. Elon Musk knows it's the final frontier. It's the only thing left for billionaires to trash. Well, except maybe the streets of Washington, D.C. will break down our billionaire president's plan for a garbage parade. Oh, he's going to walk down Pennsylvania Avenue. No, but we'll walk down it with you on this episode of The American Race. Well, Chad, the Super Bowl came and went, but Dodge using a speech from Martin Luther King to sell a truck will certainly remain in our hearts forever, as uh, Martin Luther King so famously said. Uh, I have a dream that one day my words will be used to sell a truck, but not just any truck, the five-time Motor Trend Truck of the Year award-winning Dodge Ram. That's a weird MLK impression. (laughs) As I've said so many times before, darkness cannot drive out darkness. You have to put the darkness in the bed of a truck because the Dodge Ram has enough torque to drive the darkness out. That is a a really bad MLK impression. (laughs) Maybe we should listen to the actual ad so that we can hear what he had to say. If you want to be important, wonderful. If you want to be recognized, wonderful. If you want to be great, wonderful. But recognize that he who is greatest among you shall be your servant. Gotta build that barn That's for civil rights. By giving that definition of greatness, it means that everybody can drive my be truck through this creek. You don't have to know about for equality. Gonna build a barn for black people. <laughs> you know those um, how people like create their own trailers on YouTube now. Uh-huh. Yeah, I feel like if you hadn't actually seen the uh, video visuals of that, that that could have been one of those. Like that could have easily been something in the background of like the next Avenger trailer or some <laughs> shit like that. And with that said, I just still had an issue with this. Um, man, there's so many things to go over. Like the fact that. Look, as a black man, and this is was interesting because I own a truck, a Toyota Tacoma. We didn't get the liberty of having um, Martin Luther King or any other civil rights leaders do commercials for my truck. But <laughs> would that have changed your choice? Hmm. It had to be like a really militant ass, like Malcolm X. <laughs> some, some, whatever you can do for Malcolm X, like selling trucks. <laughs> I would have liked that. That's um, next next year. Yeah, we'll, we'll save that for the next Super Bowl. But look, man. A hundred years from now, uh, if there's anything still left of anything a hundred years from now, (laughs) I feel like people are going to look back on American culture and be like, my God, like they could commodify anything. This is something I've always said about the British. You look at the British, England, you see that England is, you know, Great Britain, rather. It's a small island, right? Off the coast of Europe, just south of the Arctic Circle. It's really rainy, small. 
And when you think that people from that country doing a lot of fucked up stuff along the way, but they, they were able to colonize two thirds of the world, that phrase, the sun never sets on the British empire. I look at them and I'm like, man, those dudes were nautical as shit. Like they <laughs> were really good with boats and stuff. Just, yeah. I mean, that's a really basic way of putting it. And I think people are going to look back at America and be like, God, they could commercialize and commodify any damn thing. Somebody's pain, heartache, a message for the betterment of humanity. Like they could take that, mold it, and use it to sell any damn thing they wanted. And I feel like that line of thinking, which is a very fucked up and problematic line of thinking for so many reasons, is what led to and what into what went into this whole idea of let's use Dr. King a message that he gave 50 years ago to this day to sell trucks. And there's some irony that Dr. King's message has been so commodified and so watered down that you could use it to sell a product that you're going to sell predominantly to white conservative males. <laughs> yeah. You know, and the fact that his message and that he himself has been so bastardized, because you know, people love to remind particularly black people who, well, you know, Dr. King was a Republican. You know, Dr. King was a Republican. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you he'd know. be he'd be a strong figure in this party. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, Dr. King, Ben Carson, they weren't much different, really. Like, get the <laughs> fuck out of here. It, I watched that commercial. You're with me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, horror just yeah. poured over my face. It looked like you were watching The Shining or something. I might as well have been. What we're not going to do in 2018 is this shit. And I'll tell you one more thing that pisses me off about it is because I know 20 years from now, all this turmoil in 2017 with Colin Kaepernick and the anthem protests and so on and so forth and the, and the uh, president of the United States coming out calling him a son of a bitch and all this stuff. 20, 40 years from now, or maybe around the time of Colin Kaepernick's death, whenever that is, not forecasting that that'll be 20 or 40 years now. I know it's going to be the same revisionist story mm -hmm. somehow. And that sucks to live in this moment now and see all the BS that we're going through with that knowing that they'll just do that to him later. Like they did with Dr. King, you know. Well, why don't people protest like Dr. King did? Y'all fucking hated how he protested back then. Exactly. I think you they did a, you know, a survey, like a poll of the way people view Kaepernick now and the way they viewed Dr. King back then. Mm -hmm. The numbers were almost identical. Yeah. And so I, I do think it's it's pretty ironic considering a lot of people in the Republican Party, a lot of people who talk about how good America is, and they want to co-opt things that they had no part in in terms of goodness, right? We love to pat ourselves on the back for the civil rights movement, but a lot of people who do the most backpatting had nothing to do with the civil rights We're movement. We're not present. And would not have been helpful nope. during the civil rights movement. Yep. So I do find that ironic. I also find it, I mean, MLK has basically like become Santa Claus. I mean, like we took a man <laughs> who believed in like real ideas and put him into a, like our capitalist machinery. Yes. And this commercial is basically what came out. Yep. With St. Nick, it was like, hey, look, uh, here's this Greek saint who likes to give uh, gifts to the poor. Uh, let's turn that into Black Friday where people kill each other for Sony PlayStations. <laughs> like that seems like a good way to carry on his message. MLK, same thing. Here's a guy who spoke out about capitalism and the military industrial complex in this speech in particular, yeah. right? And here he is being used to hot trucks in one of the most like capitalistic kind of saber rattling enterprises that we have in America, which is the mm -hmm. Super Bowl, where jets fly overhead and commercials cost millions of dollars. 
Uh, it's safe to say that if MLK were alive today, he would have fucking hated the Super Bowl. There's no doubt in my mind. And so, yeah, I don't think he wants to be used to sell products during it. That's probably not where he wants to go. Uh, I mean, he can't say that because the government killed him. But, um, you know, you see it in the halftime show as well, where Justin Timberlake, in a way, co-opted Prince's image. Yeah. Right. Put it up there on, on, on like a big kind of um, some sort of display. And here's a person of color, Prince, who specifically said, I don't want my image being used after I'm gone. He called it demonic. Yeah. And here's a white person, Justin Timberlake, who we've already talked about being slightly problematic. He's like, that's cool. I don't care. I'm just going to use it anyway yep. because it helps me sell this halftime show for Pepsi. Mm-hmm. And this new album that I have that just dropped two days prior to the show. Exactly. Right. So like all these, and this is not just like this in particular, this ad, all of these companies can seriously like kind of just fuck off. Like if you're going to come at, me on the Super Bowl on Super Bowl Sunday with some ad about how pro America you are mm-hmm. or pro our d- diversity or pro our togetherness. Like I'm going to need you to like stop re- donating money to the Republican Party. Yeah. Because you can't you can't show me these ads and then when I look up your your campaign donations, here here's a couple examples. Coke, the wonder of us. And it was this all oh, oh, look at us all together in harmony, the rainbow. Uh that's hard to believe when all of your top beneficiaries are Republicans. Um T-Mobile, you want to show us that commercial with all the little cute, diverse babies, right? You found all of them. 58% of your donations went to Republicans. Kraft is going to give me this commercial about how families of all kinds in America are great. Bob Kraft is sitting in the fucking owner's box right now (laughs) wearing a MAGA hat. So get out of here with that shit. This is all too common, and I just think it just happens. I don't want to be cynical, but this you need to put some substance behind what you're actually saying. Yeah, it needs to be something a little more than all trucks matter. It needs to be something <laughs> a little bit more than that. Yeah, I think so. Uh, well, you know, Chad, there was one company who did do something a little bit more than that. Who was that? Wendy's had a commercial Ooh. that also wanted to use our American history to sell their product. And I found it quite shocking. <laughs> Let's take a listen. Do you remember where you were on that fateful day? The day when the two towers came crashing down. The day in America that changed everything. At Wendy's Hamburgers, we know where we were. And it was a day that started like any other. Across this great land of ours, we were firing up the grills and chopping up the fries, buttering our buns. You see, we were making your cheeseburgers. That's what we remember. So this September 11th, we want you to remember it too. With a Wendy's double stack combo meal. Each flame broiled patty reminds us of the towers that were set ablaze that September morn. So come to Wendy's. And eat a cheeseburger. It's time to taste the freedom. We just had a, a plane crash into level four of the World Trade Center. The tower number one is on fire. The whole outside of the building was just a huge explosion. 
obviously that commercial was fake. Um, but that's kind of the way I feel like sometimes, um, the way they take advantage of these kind of our better nature to Mm -hmm. do something that is not really in our better nature, I I would say. Right. Um, you know, and this is kind of a good example of what we were talking about with the whole Netflix and Monique thing that a lot of people didn't hear, but essentially this idea that, you know, did Dodge Ram sit there and be like, Hey, let's make a commercial that will offend people of color or black people specifically. No, of course not. Nope. But I'm sure that the people in the advertising room, on their board, the executives making this, this these kind of decisions, the real kind of questions about diversity and the reason stuff like this happens is because there's not enough diversity in the workplace to begin with, yep. right? If you had a black executive who was maybe a little bit more self-aware of these kind of issues, I, I doubt that something like this would would have happened. Like, it's easy to say, like, hey, it's Black History Month when the Super Bowl happens. Let's do a, an ad that features Martin Luther King. It's another thing to understand that message and actually deliver on what that message is trying to convey and to actually capture it in a way that isn't just completely cynical. I think what you're looking at with that message is that you just look at it on the surface, as we've done with Dr. King now, where his image has been so perverse that it's it's just all about unity. He just all wants everybody to just get along, go along. You know, in the words of another not-so-famous king, Rodney, can we all just get along? Like, that that has now somehow become Dr. King's message. And I think people, the intent probably wasn't, man, this is going to piss off a lot of black people. Or that Chad guy, we're going to buy up all this ad space on the Super Bowl just to piss him off. Not Mm -hmm. at all. I think people have found that, I think there are multiple people who have now decided the message of unity is something to be profited off of. I think we saw it two weeks ago with our president, where it was, now is a time that we need our country to come together. After you've dropped so many bombs about so many different groups of people, you know, and now it's, okay, I have punched you in the face enough truce, like, it's all good now. And that was not ever Dr. King's message. And for himself and so many other people, that message of unity has always required acknowledgement before, uh, excuse me, before reconciliation. And to try and co-opt that message and just turn into what's something that everybody likes? Oh, everybody likes to just be together, you know. Well, that'll sell trucks. <laughs> I feel like that's what was done here, and I'm just tired of people completely. I'm tired of people asking for unity and completely ignoring why maybe we don't have the unity that they would supposedly subscribe to. Exactly. You can't just say, oh, unity is a nice ideal, and then do nothing in your actions to support unity. Correct. And then put more effort into selling effing trucks Mm -hmm. than producing said unity. I'm not looking for Dodge to become some civil rights leader. But these are things that I would expect them to consider, and these are things that I find to be somewhat nefarious. I'm curious, you know, if this is just about a civil rights leader and their message... Would you have used Malcolm X for any of your commercials? Probably not. Mm-hmm. A little more militant, huh? But really, this is two different sides of the same coin. Yeah. You know, so if your interest is, well, we just need something that makes it a little bit easier to sell trucks, then again, your bottom line interest is to just sell trucks. And that's my issue here. Yeah. Um, You're a company. I get it. I don't have a problem with business. This isn't Chad. He hates capitalism. <laughs> Doesn't like it much. Uh, socialist, socialist, socialist. Yeah, companies have their place. But your place used to sell trucks. Dr. King's place was to be for the betterment of humanity. Selling trucks in the bed, like those two things aren't going to go hand in hand. I go into a whole bunch of issues with climate change and your shitty ass trucks that have low mile per uh, gallon <laughs> average. That's a, look, 
just I'm not even gonna go there. Like those two things don't go hand in hand. Stay in your effing lane. Keep Dr. King's name out your mouth. Keep his messages out your mouth. We're not doing this in 2018. We are not fixed to do this in 2018. Exactly. And if you had really respected him, you probably wouldn't have done something that not he would at have hated. All if you respected him, if you respected black people, if you respected what Black History Month stands for, you wouldn't do this. Exactly. And you for damn sure wouldn't be touting that you're doing it on the 50th anniversary of said message. Yeah. Something else happened after the game that I found interesting. Uh, Philadelphia fans, Philly fans, <laughs> took to the streets and rioted their asses off. And um, ain't shit. <laughs> <laughs> the city made plans to limit damage um, if the Eagles were to win. Before the game even started, uh, the city had been like greasing light poles so that people couldn't climb up them and t- you know, tear them down once mm-hmm. they got up there. Mm-hmm. That didn't stop them. They still climbed up those things. Didn't stop them from eating shit either. <laughs> nope, not at all. Uh, they climbed them anyway. Damage was still done. People flipped over cars. I saw a few videos of that. They vandalized mm-hmm. pro- property. And then I saw a video of a cop on the streets of Philadelphia cheering all of these people on and just being like, Philly, let's go. Yeah. Fuck yeah. And I thought, wow, it kind of just hit me. What a difference the framing of an event can have. Mm. Because I couldn't help but see all these people in the streets marching around. You know, these people in particular are being way more violent and crazy than, you know, any sort of protests we've seen in the past. And it made me think of, I couldn't help but think of the streets of Ferguson Hmm. when people gathered to peacefully protest. And it didn't take very long before it was met by tear gas, tanks, assault rifles, and me seeing pretty much every white person I know on Facebook being like, why are they riding? Why are they in the streets? Why is this going on? Like, Why would you burn your own property? <laughs> yeah. Hmm. And it, I just thought, you know, isn't this kind of telling in maybe like an ind- indirect way of what we really value in this country, right? Sports, winning, great. Democracy, speaking out, maybe not so much. Because I didn't see any tanks in Philadelphia, didn't see any assault rifles, there was no tear gas. And everybody just said, oh, I remember on Twitter, people were tweeting out the police radio mm-hmm. so that you could listen to them talking about what's going on. And everyone's like, oh, look at this. Look at these young rapscallions just having fun. <laughs> I don't know. Couldn't help but see a pretty stark dichotomy between the two. Did the president uh, mention anything about these people being sons of bitches? No. No? No. Interesting. And they were actually destroying public and private property. Yes. Huh. Yeah, it would seem in this country that democracy is something that we really value and we really talk about, we support it, the preservation of these rights when it's convenient mm-hmm. um, or when it's fun. And man, even like looking at the election of Donald Trump, I feel like so much of what goes on in this country is about it's fun, it's entertainment. That's why reality TV stars are leader. But when you have people that are actually marching in the streets peacefully, you know, because that's generally, look, before any of these riots take place, the protests are first. The protests are first, and the protests are peaceful. That is generally anywhere in the world. Like, anywhere in the world. We can look at Syria right now. We see the shit show that Syria has become. That started off with just peaceful protests. Mm-hmm. Like, that's all it started off as, you know, and then it escalated to something else due to various factors. And usually, when you look at riots here as well, whether it's Ferguson, whether it was the riots in Baltimore, that escalation takes place after something else 
but the root of it is always peaceful protest. And we always seem to have an issue with that. What are those people doing? Mm-hmm. You know, what are they doing? How dare they? But when you have people destroying property, look, I like to have a good time. Sometimes you have a good time. Things get a little out of hand. Flipping cars over, setting stuff on fire. The the government actually having to come out and grease <laughs> poles in advance. And yet we look at that with a smirk on our face and it's <laughs> boys will be boys, girls mm-hmm. will be girls. And, you know, people have even tried to deliver this message of, well, it was white people and black people out there destroying property. That's not the point. Yeah. At all. And we've seen this story over and over again. It's, it's just sad that in 2018, and you know what? We're going to see it a few months from now because we have sporting events spread out per month where this happens every time. You know, and unfortunately, we also have incidents that happen that lead for people to protest. So we'll continue to see this narrative in case anybody wants to mark this as a one off. <laughs> no, no, no. Wait three. What's the next one? Uh, NCAA tournament? Is that probably like the next big event? People aren't rioting after the Masters, right? <laughs> I haven't seen Green Jackets no, at the streets. No, they're not doing no. that. Okay. They're not in Augusta, like <laughs> setting the uh, ninth. Thousands of people quietly <laughs> right. clapping. Yeah. What does it mean? <laughs> A lot of dockers out out in these streets. Um, so I looked I looked into why we do this, and I found some in, interesting things. Um, a psychologist from Indiana University said this: a lot of this kind of stuff happens after sporting events because it allows fans to feel things that we don't normally get to experience. So, like for men in particular, eating I, shit, <laughs> sorry, falling off a light pole. When do you get to experience that? Um, so, like for fans. Of the male variety, I thought this was interesting. Mm. Uh, after games, you get to watch their behavior and they get to hug and show emotion in a way that they usually don't get to do in everyday life, which alone is kind of sad in itself. Like, we don't get to Very hug each so. other because that'd be... Uh, what's, whoa, 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 whoa. What's going on over there? Whoa. Uh, <laughs> but after a game, after a big victory, we do get to hug each mm-hmm. other. And that's why we like this release of this. And it reminded me of the uh, what you told me in a conversation we had personally about the riots in Ferguson. And it was... You were talking about how the rioting is just a way for these communities to get the attention that they need. What like what what did you say about that exactly? You said it's like kids trying to get like their parents' attention. You said it's kids or anybody, and I don't want it to come across as um, any disenfranchised or marginalized group that's you know rioting after having tried to get someone's attention via peaceful protests. I don't want to try and paint the like. A parent-child relationship. Exactly oh no, it was just a metaphor. That. Yeah, yeah, but the metaphor somewhat lends itself to again harping on Dr. King, his message of rioting being the language of the unheard. I can mm. sit here and be like, Doug, 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 kind of like that family episode. Mommy, 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 <laughs> mommy. We, I could do this all day, and sooner or later, if yelling, look, even the fact that I will escalate my voice, it's because with each time I escalate it higher, the time before was not enough to get your attention. Mm-hmm. I probably start off just. Doug, room voice, yeah. inside voices, whatever. And most people respond to that. Generally, when you have a level of respect for somebody, you respond to that. Hey, how can I help you? So on and so forth. If you don't care, you don't listen, and those people have to raise their voice, raise their voice, raise their voice. And maybe they tap you on the shoulder. Maybe they eventually punch you in the face. Mm-hmm. In these cases, maybe they set some shit on fire to grab your attention. Yeah, knock Maybe they over. do that to let you know you have put me in a place where it is as if I am living in hell. And since I am living in hell, I don't care if this shit burns. 
you might care, that might get your attention. So maybe you should listen to me. And that's essentially what it comes down to. Yeah, this is where I think people from all walks of life need to realize how much they're alike in that way. It made me think how much all this kind of ties together, but I mean, how much the events of Ferguson and a vote for Donald Trump had in common. Mm -hmm. Not to say that they're the same, but just on a human level, right? Like, I'm not saying the circumstances are equal because I don't think that that, in any way that's true. (laughs) But what I am saying is like the feelings that created them kind of possibly stem from the same place, right? Like where people who are being ignored, who want to rattle the cages of a country that has just forgotten about them, Mm -hmm. just so they can get the attention that they so desperately want. You see these people after the game, they just want the same attention that the players are getting, right? Same see people thing. in Ferguson, they just want the attention yes. of a community that has forgotten about them. I read this quote, and it's maybe it's fitting because it's by a Russian playwright when we're talking about Trump. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, his name is Leonid Andreev. Okay. And he said, For even falsehood uttered by the tongue of man seemed like truth and light before his hopelessly deaf and unresponsive silence. Mm. Meaning, like, even the lies of Donald Trump were better than nothing, right? Right. That even, like, his bullshit was better than nobody talking to them at all. Like, on some level, probably some of these people even know it's a lie, mm-hmm. but at least they're like, well, at least somebody's talking to us. At least somebody's saying something, right? right? And the same thing with the, the people of Ferguson. It's like, you're our, you're the cops. You're supposed to protect us, and you don't pay any attention to us unless it's to put us in jail. Well, at least we've got your attention now. Yep. We're going to break these windows. At least you're now at least now you're looking at us, right. right? And on some way it kind of feels like it's all the same thing. Yeah. So Chad Philly had their victory parade this week, but they are not the only ones who want to see some floats out there in the streets in their honor. <laughs> Donald Trump has been asking to have a military parade for months apparently. But military personnel did their best to, you know, just politely ignore this request or be like, maybe if we don't uh, look at him, he won't know we heard him. Kind of that whole thing. Uh, Well, this week, that request moved closer to something resembling an order. He specifically demanded to have military hardware and soldiers marching up and down the streets of Washington, D.C. And then Sarah Huckabee Sanders confirmed this on behalf of the White House, saying that this was now being planned as a way to, quote, celebrate the strength of our armed forces but you and i we could be real about this i mean like we know what this is about this is the equivalent of like uh, a man with a tiny penis buying a ferrari or maybe a boat mm-hmm. that's what it seems like to me at least mm-hmm. you know this is all about in one way or another stroking trump's ego because let's be real like that's what everything he does is about yeah much in the same way that the state of the union address was full of masturbatory rhetoric and it was just him stroking himself uh and his administration's quote unquote achievements so on and so (laughs) forth yeah this parade is nothing more than that um i'm convinced nobody with a normal size penis would be doing this (laughs) uh and further you know it's being said that the inspiration from this came from a military parade that he went to in france yeah for Bastille Day. For Bastille Day, and that it was, you know, one of the greatest things he had ever seen, and so on and so forth. I would say, when did we start taking our cues from France for what to do? Specifically, parade or not. Like, I would like to think the French could throw a bomb-ass parade, 
But when it comes to anything involving the military, isn't that the country we always joke about for surrendering early and all of that stuff? So why would we want to follow their lead? Maybe that's why they had a military parade. I don't know. I'm not here to bash the French. <laughs> but um, no, you know, on a serious note, all the other nations, exception to France, but generally speaking, when we think of nations that have these military parades, we look at the people marching in the streets in almost a robotic fashion, and it almost seems like they aren't human. And we look at that as an extension of their leaders who aren't human, who treat actual humans like trash. You could think of North Korea that comes to mind. You could think of the former Soviet Union. We could think of China, who has a number of human rights violations, so on and so forth. We look at these we don't even say nations, regimes, mm -hmm. you know, that doesn't have a good term. So maybe I should start referring to the Trump administration as the Trump regime at this point. That's who we always see who are the ones that throw these parades. Why are we following their lead here? Even if it's from the example of putting America first, if this is about America first and American exceptionalism and we're better, then why are we doing this? Why are we doing this? If it's from a more noble place of, hey, we're going to be the leader, we're going to be the adult in the room, again, why are we doing this? Yeah, the real reasons don't make any sense. Yeah. Right? The the strongest guy in the room doesn't have to do a bench press for everybody to know it. <laughs> no. <laughs> when you're really about it, you know, you you don't have to, like, dance around and, t and scream and shout at everybody to say, like, what's up? Yeah. That's just human nature. Um, this is the act of a small man, and, like, he could say it's about France, but we know it's about him because like you said we don't follow cues from france right I, actually i'm going to take back the whole like buying a ferrari thing what what this is this is the equivalent of like a grown man getting a like a birthday cake with his face on it <laughs> so we can avoid this i'm gonna need somebody to take trump's fucking ass to chuck e cheese throw him in the ball pit just leave him there those things are full of urine he'll probably love it in there anyway uh, and and just not do this. We just like whatever, whatever the military has to do to circumvent this process, because that's the real key here. Nobody in the military wants this. And that should tell you everything. If it's to honor them, then you should do what they want. I thought Sarah Huckabee Sanders came out at one point. I think it was with somebody disagreeing with John Kelly. She's like, well, if you want to disagree with the five star general, you can, but I won't. Mm -hmm. Where does that apply here? Why are we having this parade? If, if the military has already made it clear that that's not something that they want to do. Yeah, last time I checked, the way you honor somebody is not doing something that they specifically don't want you to do to them. Right. <laughs> By flying their ass to D.C. and making them march around. Like, I, I, sounds like more work. I don't yeah. know. So, yeah, like, uh, I'm sure, like, there's a portion of his base that would love a parade like this. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I'm sure he knows kind of in that sense what he's doing. I, I really do. But to all, like, the poorly dressed, like, MAGA bros out there, I would also <laughs> say, like, you might think that something like this makes you look strong to the rest of the world, but I'm going to need you to like go to the bathroom and like look at yourself while you're wearing <laughs> your MAGA hat and just look and know that this parade is the equivalent of that hat. Like look at, see what a fucking loser you look like with that <laughs> hat on. See what you've become staring back at you and understand that this parade is that hat in military form. You might think it makes you look strong, but it, it's just making you look like a clown, right? And I'm not here for some like bozo ass shit like on behalf of our country. I don't know. Like so like no. Lieutenant Burn Bone Spurs not getting a military parade. But this dude didn't is, even serve. He doesn't get a military parade. Sorry. But, but for the MAGA bros, this is like their summer jam for them. Like this is <laughs> You know, Jay's going to be there. We'll find out the Jay Nas beef was going on with <laughs> with, you know, Trump and Kim Jong Un like 
this is summer jam. This is this is this is what they've been waiting all year for, or what they'd probably been waiting, you know, for that black guy to get out, get out of office for. Um, I had a quick question though. Conservatives talk about frivolous government spending mm-hmm. a lot, and there is actually a lot of frivolous government spending. Having previously been an employee of the federal government myself, I can say that you know there's a lot of bureaucracy and it gets bloated, so on and so forth. Where does this fall in with that? It doesn't. Oh, it doesn't? No, this is what I would call social dominance theory. Hmm. And this is the the underlying kind of principle of the Republican Party. This is where we're at. You know, a lot of people are like, hey, uh, why does the government, you know, why does the Republicans not seem to have any sort of coherent ideology, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Why does it change from one minute to the other? And, uh, you know, one minute they're against spending and the next minute they're spending a lot. And then one minute they're, you know, about small government and the next minute they're telling us what to do with our bodies. Like none of it tracks. Well, it actually does track. Social dominance theory is just a, a, a psychological worldview or it's a way of explaining people's worldview. And all it's about is hierarchies, making a group that you belong to better than other groups that are less powerful. Yeah. And 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 defining your self-worth through that action, okay? And that's all this is. Like, n- none of these rules apply until they apply in the way they need them to, to belittle or put down or put their boot on somebody else's neck. And so, yeah, they want to have a military parade because it allows them to stomp on somebody else. Uh, it doesn't matter what it spends. It's not about spending, and it never was. Like, the reason they didn't like Barack Obama was not because he was spending too much. It was because he was a a group that they considered marginalized and they they didn't like the fact that he had power over them for once. That's all it is. Well, if you were at home playing the Trump administration scandal drinking game, uh, congratulations, you have alcohol poisoning. You need to go to the hospital immediately uh, and get your stomach pumped because if you don't, you're going to die. Um, Chad, my stomach hurts for a different reason, uh, because this week we learned that Rob Porter um, beats his wives, basically, for lack of a better term. Not going to sugarcoat it. He does it a lot. He does that more than his actual job, which uh, was staff secretary to the White House, um, which he no longer has after people found out. The problem with the people finding out part is that members in the White House already knew about it, and they kept him around anyway, and they kept this secret under wraps. Friend of the show and uh, four-star general in the Union Army he would probably fight against if he had a choice, John Kelly. He defended Porter, saying that he was a good man. Okay, sure. Not really sure how that works. But it was a quote and a stance, you know, kind of hard to fathom, considering earlier in the year he was the guy who said, quote, When I was a kid growing up, a lot of things were sacred in our country. Women were sacred, looked upon with great honor, end quote. Um, And I read all this, and I just started to think that the Republicans have just become the party of fantasy, basically, just complete and total fantasy where nothing they say has to be tethered to any sort of reality or any sort of accountability whatsoever. Like John, John Kelly might as well be up here talking about like the Lord of the Rings or some shit. I mean, it's like it is that close to what he's actually saying being based in reality. Women are sacred, dude, like uh, except when they weren't allowed to vote. Um, and they were told to get back into the kitchen when you were growing up and they couldn't have jobs because they were too emotional and they were given shock therapy because they didn't want to be housewives anymore. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Sacred. Like in what way? Not any way they appreciated. Um, like you believe in elves, <laughs> like John Kelly, you believe in elves. 
like what's next like john kelly's thoughts on how women possess a magical ring that makes them invisible <laughs> and must be destroyed in the eye of sauron lest the earth the middle of the country be destroyed i don't know i'm sorry but like as an adult man this is what I hate about this. These are all adult men. And as an adult man, you don't get to believe in whatever the fuck you want. Like, that's just ridiculous. Like, can I just be like a 35-year-old guy with like two kids and be like, I don't buy my kids any clothes or toys ever because I know Santa Claus will come through. I believe in Santa Claus still. <laughs> can I just be – Can I? is that a like a acceptable stance for me to have? Or will like the kids' teachers be like, why are your kids wearing potato sacks at school? <laughs> like – you're 67 years old, John Kelly. Are you like in an intelligence briefing in 2007? And they're like, okay, now we're, we need to talk about capturing Bin Laden. And you're like, everybody's talking about Bin Laden, but I don't hear any plans on how to capture Bigfoot. Where are my Bigfoot plans? <laughs> you're a fucking absurd person. And this whole administration, like just making some sort of stance about honor or sacred, or duty. Your entire administration hates women and hates people of color. Get the fuck out of here with this honor shit. I'll throw that in the third row like LeBron. Like, I'm, I'm not here for that shit. And I just, when they try to invoke this stuff, it's just insane. Do they have no idea what they actually do or where they actually stand on any of these issues? So you're telling me that they're not trying to make women great again? <laughs> I am. Oh, okay. Well, the same honor vibe was somewhat used, what, a few months back when he was talking about the Civil War mm -hmm. and how it was really just a conflict that arose due to lack of compromise, gentlemen's disagreement, whatever the fuck he was talking about <laughs> exactly. back then. Um, I mean, and it's not really surprising that he would do this. No differently than Trump's response, uh, which has been that people are just, their lives are being ruined <laughs> due to allegations, which was, you know, I hear this stuff now. And I don't even get surprised. There's no sense in really being surprised anymore. If anything, perhaps I should go about giving him credit for staying on message because I hear shit like that. And I think, you know what? That's not much different than people on many sides mm -hmm. in Charlottesville. You know, well, the Nazis aren't quite so bad. Why don't we look at it from their perspective? Why don't we look at it from the perspective of this man that's been ruthlessly beating his wife? You know, which is interesting because you want to look at it from that perspective and somewhat acknowledge that he had been ruthlessly beating his wife and then mention that, oh, lives are being ruined due to allegations. Which is it? And it's interesting. So what goes back to what you were saying about uh, social dominance theory? It doesn't have to be one or the other. It can be whatever we want because mm -hmm. we don't give any fucks. Matter of fact, we give negative fucks. <laughs> Yeah, You know, we're in the red for fucks to be given. <laughs> and I hear what John Kelly had to say about that, and that's exactly what comes to mind. It's, it's, it's insane to see that these are the people who are in positions of leadership in this country, but the shit rolls downhill, as they say. Mm -hmm. And when the man in charge is the pussy grabber in chief, I, I mean, we shouldn't be expecting otherwise, should we? No, I mean, I think that's why he's so well-equipped to sympathize with horrible men. Yeah. That's, he gets it. And yeah. I think this idea that John Kelly is somehow the adult in the room. That shit's gone. It's just a joke. Yeah, because joke he thinks all, all the same things. Same stuff. And, and, and again, why wouldn't he? Why would Trump, Trump for, how old is Trump? 74 or something like that? Yeah. Okay. Coming out the womb, he's been surrounded with yes men. 
Mm-hmm. His doctor that delivered him was probably one of them. That was probably the first, right? Great job, sir. <laughs> You're the best baby I've ever, ever. seen. <laughs> massive, massive hands. <laughs> yeah. Um. Why would he surround himself with anybody other than that? So why would John Kelly not just fall in line and be yet another one of the many yes men that he's had over his entire life? I've been looking for a way to kind of like properly pinpoint Republican hypocrisy. Some of it is the social dominance theory that I was mm-hmm. talking about. But another thing is that I found to explain it is because I find it interesting. Like they're the party of projection, right? In which like everything that they seem to be worried about is not what other people are doing, but what they themselves are doing. It's like, it's, it's almost mind blowing, right? It's like a Republican is worried about homosexuality. Oh, that's my favorite one. Sorry. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. (laughs) So many guys, that guy is fucking, I mean, that is hands down guaranteed. Uh, The party that is obsessed with stories about, the corruption of Hillary Clinton. Yeah. It's because they are a thousand times more corrupt (laughs) than she ever could even dream of being. And the guy who's most obsessed with that corruption, Donald Trump is the most corrupt president we've ever had. Right. A Republican governor obsessed with family values from Missouri. Okay. You know, that guy has to have an affair while his wife is pregnant and then threaten to blackmail that woman with naked photos of her. You know, that guy's got to do it. Got to, And then get up there and give a speech about family values to have it. So it's all the usual stuff. Um, but like I said, I've been looking for explanations, right? And I came across this thing called the Lady Macbeth effect. Okay. And, and it's this experiment that they did. And here's essentially what it said. They did this experiment where they would remind people of their wrongdoings in life. Like they would give you a test and they'd be like, think about all the bad things that you've done. And then they would offer them gifts after they took the test as a way to say thank you. These gifts had a wider variety of things that they were offering. What they found was that the more that they asked people to remember their wrongdoings, the more likely they were to pick soap because human beings have a a need to cleanse themselves Mm. when they feel like they've done things incorrect. What this experiment shows and went on to extrapolate is that people who are authoritarian are more likely to be corrupt themselves. And that's why they are drawn to that authority because they look inside themselves and they cannot see a way that any other human being would do the right thing just for the sake of doing the right thing. The only way they can imagine a person doing the right thing is if they're forced to do the right thing, because that's the way they, that's the only way they do the right thing. Yeah. They don't see goodness in other people because they see no goodness in themselves. And I just thought like that is the perfect that I was like, "Mm, that's perfect. That's exactly what I was looking for. That is Donald Trump, the Lady Macbeth effect. I like that also because that seems a lot in line with a lot of times where you see people doing wrong, those who are not as well off as as they are, Mm -hmm. and then attributing it to Darwinism or some form of social Darwinism. Survival of the fittest, bro. Um, (laughs) Or our friend, Mr. Shapiro pull yourself up by the bootstraps and shit like that. Yeah. That seems completely in line with that to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I guess also at some point, maybe when you just stop giving any kind of damn of a damn and you decide, you know what? I'm not even going to bother to choose a soap. I'm just going to keep bathing myself here and shit (laughs) and occasionally throwing it at people and feeding it to them. Well, and then asking them, why are you eating shit as I recover and bathe myself in it? Damn, this analogy goes deep. Yeah, sorry. That's I'm a good sure, one. I'm trying to get away with those analogies, boy. You gotta. <laughs> no, that works perfectly. <laughs> Feeding them shit. Oh, that sounds right. <laughs> yeah. Asking why they're eating it. Yeah, that is, that's very true. Uh, those are all Trumpian uh, behaviors. I think you nailed it. Yes. 
So finally, some good news and some what I would perceive as bad news for the Democrats. Um, The good news is they won another special election seat. Uh, This time in the House, they flipped a district in Missouri that went for Trump in the election by 28 points. That's a pretty big swing. And that is a good sign. Uh, All the districts in the Missouri special election flipped by about the same amount. Now, some of these districts went for Trump by like 64%, so they didn't win all of them. But most of them went like plus 30, close to there, somewhere around there. That's a very good sign. The bad news is that Democrats in the existing House and the existing Senate don't seem to be getting the message, in my opinion, that everything is different now, right? Uh, They still seem to be playing politics as usual. And this week they struck a deal with the Republicans to fund the government for two more years. Um, Out of that deal, they got a promise, in quotes, I'll put that in quotes, a promise to vote on the Dreamers from Mitch McConnell in the Senate, whatever that's worth. They got they, they got no such promise in the House. I, I know they're still debating for it, but I don't see any way that they're going to get that from Paul Ryan, considering what an like just trash ass obstructionist he is. Uh, and I don't see any way that they end up helping the Dreamers. So as usual, we're left to wonder if they just suck the most ass at politics ever, or do they actually care? And as these things go to come down the pipe and as they continue, I am more personally convinced that than ever that they just don't truly, truly care about these issues, at least not in the way they should. Um, the way they handled this whole thing to me reeked of political showmanship. And I just at this point, I, I just don't hesitate as much to call them out and saying they're just they're not about it. Like uh, to me, like the whole there was like a triangulating feel to this. Right where they tried to keep everything in line and act like they care. How much can we do to show that we care without actually doing taking the actions that would show we care, right? Uh, you had Nancy Pelosi get up there and give the eight-hour speech, the longest in history, and heels. But when it came to actually whipping the votes and making sure they stood up for DACA, ah, sorry, not going to do that. Uh, they folded, just like they did in the Senate last month, where they shut down the government, but only for 69 hours, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which, as we said, is a super cool number, but doesn't really get us any closer to you know having some sort of agreement on DACA or the Dreamers. And now these people, this has an effect on my friends. Now it looks like my friends who are Dreamers are going to be deported back to countries that they haven't lived in since they were kids in the single digits, six, seven, five years old. Uh, and I don't know, man. People serving in the military that are dreamers are going to get deported now. And I know that they, the Democrats feel like this is an issue where a lot of America's on board. But to me, you know, we talked about it. Like to me, this feels more about like what kind of country do we want to be? Mm-hmm. And this just, this is tough to swallow. This makes me want to just like trash the place. <laughs> I don't know. <clears throat> Excuse me. And now time for your weekly update. We're, <laughs> Chad Pendarvis reminds you, and we'll say it loud for those in the back, that Democrats suck at being Republicans. <laughs> Again, that Democrats suck at being Republicans. Now, that will be the extent of my pessimism, and I will not indulge you in yours, Douglas. Okay. I have chosen to look at the brighter side of this. And mind you, before I get into that, Nancy Pelosi, eight hours. That is... 
the literal definition of grandstanding, what she did. <laughs> Political grandstanding. Damn, that's good Literally. Call. Find that intriguing. But anyways, again, I, I digress. No more pessimism from me. I am going to instead <laughs> look at this as perhaps democratic leadership. And I really only say this half jokingly, but I don't prefer this to be what it is. But perhaps they feel that this blue wave that we've talked about a couple times and that we hope for and that we feel like we've seen little indicators for in the, la- in the um, last few special elections that have taken place. Perhaps they see something on the horizon and they are just trying to come somewhat stay the course, which would be, again, sucking at being Republicans and always being a pushover, so on and so forth. Perhaps they're trying to stay the course in order to provide the best, I guess, path forward for mm-hmm. this blue wave that's going to come through. And in doing that, I think that they will continue to piss off people such as you and I. And I think that will continue to inspire people and continue to inspire what I call their real base, their true base. You know, if people want to call it the far left, if people want to call them Bernie bros, I don't get progressives, I don't give a damn what title you want to put to it, but I'm going to just call it their real and actual base Mm -hmm. that they do not pay attention to enough or listen to who would not have allowed this to happen, who are now pissed off about this happening. Perhaps that will inspire them to continue forward with um, this wave that we've seen with people running for office who had never ran for office before. And then perhaps that will actually eventually lead to people who are currently in Democratic leadership to be on their way out. Mm-hmm. Now, would they actually strategize to um, you know, somewhat politically kill themselves off? Probably not. <laughs> but I'm going to look at it as if you know, they not know what their actions are, however that phrase goes. They, not, they know not what they do? They know not what they do. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> they know not what they do. And I'm, I'm going to take it as that and that that's what's actually at work here. Now, who that actually sucks for is, again, your friends, mm-hmm. the dreamers who will be deported, members of the military. Now, we're having this big military parade to show off our strength and somewhat to honor our military. Yeah. But those people who are going to be now deported back to countries that they do not know is home, countries that they did not sign up to make great sign up to defend and honor. And the only hope I can have for them is, is that somewhere down the line, this gets reversed. But I would, am I supposed to tell them, well, look, just go back there for a few years. You'll come back. Like, what the hell does that mean to them? Yeah. Go live in South America until we get this figured out. Right. Because I wouldn't do that shit. And would you ever even want to come back here now? No, I wouldn't do that shit. Somebody could tell me to take my black ass back to wherever in Africa I may or may not be from. Of course, I don't know. There's a whole story behind that. Duh, slavery. But, <laughs> like, yeah. I, and, and I'm not trying to do that. No, this is home. Yeah. This is home for me. This has been home for me for generations. This has been home for them, even if not for generations, for their actual lives. When you think of home, you don't think of the generations that came before you. You think of where you are now. Exactly. And this is not going to be their home. So the only thing that I can hope is that, again, update, once again being the freaking Charlie Brown to Republicans Lucy here, that hopefully, I'm, I'm trying to look at the good of this, is that as it continues to piss off people like yourself, and as it continue, continues excuse me, to piss off people like myself, that this will actually serve as a catalyst to get them the fuck out of the way and to allow some people who really want to make a change and a difference in this country to take over. The Democrats are like the world's worst doctor. Like, 
they know they know what's wrong with me. <laughs> they know that I'm just sitting here bleeding out, and yet like they refuse but, to operate. Right. Like, uh, if you can't acknowledge that like this that our systems are fundamentally broken at this point, and see the writing on the wall, then you don't know what the fuck is going on right. in this country. And and if you don't know what the fuck is going on in this country, why are you serving in this country's government? Like, I, that's a harsh take, I know, but like I think that I really feel like I'm there with some people. Like. Democrats want to talk about Russia attacking us all the time, and they don't want to acknowledge why we were so easy to attack in the first place, right? That, like, strong systems don't break this easily, Yep. right? And America is not a strong system right now. So when I see the results of this grand compromise that they came up with with Republicans, and between these two parties, it's like an increase in spending, half of which goes to the military, like, that just shows me that you don't get it. That's the last thing that people want is more in military spending. Yep. And I see a total lack of awareness of what's up and what's down. You want to increase spending for this government? For this one? Really? Yeah. And and get rid of your only leverage for two years? You want to fund this government for two years? <laughs> you want to increase military spending for this president? Really? Like the one who wants to bomb North Korea and start a war with them? You, you want to give him more money? For the military. Is that what you're doing? Okay, just Don't checking. criticize the military parade and then vote for more spending for the military. Exactly. Can't have both ways. Exactly. And that's the kind of compromise shit. The, the, the Democrats have compromised themselves into nothingness. Yep. Right? They don't stand for anything at this point. They love to talk about how... And, you know, they'll, of course, they'll be like, well, we don't have any leverage. And, you know, we don't have enough people in power. And it's like, well, maybe you would have won more elections if you had been about this shit in the first place. Right. Right. And maybe you got yourself into this mess by doing exactly what you're doing now. So fucking acknowledge the problem. Don't keep banging your head against the wall and acting like it's going to fix your headache. Like, I don't understand what you don't get about this. Um, like our military budget is at 600 billion something dollars, right? Mm -hmm. The average soldier gets paid $33,000 a year. Mm. Do you not see the exploitation around in that? Like you've been around this whole time. Like where were you at on that? Doug Jones gets elected on the hard work of like black women and men and immediately starts voting with Republicans. Like fuck Doug Jones and fuck these like centrist Democrat people who want to toe the line between status quo and some, you know, showmanship that they think will oppose people. This is not the time for that anymore. Like going back to like, I guess like going back to like the doc doctor analogy, I get it. Like the, the Democrats right now are my only hope. I'm not going to worry about the Republicans, right? The Republicans are the ones who shot me in the face. Right. Like they're the reason I'm in the hospital in the first <laughs> right. place. Like they're the That's reason I'm bleeding. Um, and I guess I still hope that we can convince the Democrats to like operate, but uh, it's looking more and more clear that like, we're going to have to like crawl our ass to a different hospital mm -hmm. for a totally new medical staff. And, and at this point, like you said, like the hope is that the blue wave is going to eventually just sweep them away as well. Correct. Right? Correct. Yeah. It's interesting. Your doctor analogy. I just well, hope we don't we, die first. And that's the problem. <laughs> it's, well, we can't operate. It's risky. I ain't got a choice anymore. Like we, we're at the point now. It The, the time is now to mm -hmm. do something. You know? Exactly. Like, I get it. Yeah, when you're cutting somebody open and you got to go into their heart and take out a bullet, that's dangerous. It's scary. Please don't go into my heart <laughs> for anything else unless that's <laughs> the reason why. 
But don't hand me a fucking Band-Aid. But what, yeah, once that's happened, exactly. Don't hand me a Band-Aid of some orange slices or whatever the hell else. <laughs> you know, I am not a doctor. I don't know what you do to uh, heal people that are destroyed in that manner. But, yeah, you don't do that. And, and to the point of centrist Democrats, see, this is why you don't win elections. This is why you don't win elections. Because, like you said, if you stand for nothing, nobody will know who you are. Mm-hmm. So the moderates or the you know independent voters who are trying to get in between, all they're doing is seeing, like, well, we know who the Republicans are. You know, we'll go back and forth like a DJ between analogies here. Yeah, I see the guy over there with the gun <laughs> and the smirk on his face, twirling his mustache. <laughs> like, I see that guy. I know who he is. Yeah. You know, but who are you? Who are y'all? And if you keep saying, well, we're not really Republicans, but you don't really do anything to show otherwise why don't I just go vote for the Republican? Like, at least I know who they are. Yeah. At least I know what they stand for. At least I know what they want. And that's another thing is that so many Americans, unfortunately, do not know what they want. They really don't. We talked about this earlier. They're busy, you know, eating shit and having fun when their team wins the Super Bowl and stuff Mm -hmm. like that and putting way more energy into that, which is unfortunate. You know, sadly, that's the apathetic um, and somewhat misinformed, uninformed, at times uneducated electorate that we have. And if you're not doing anything to separate yourself, they're not going to know who you are. They're just going to go, ooh, shiny object. And Republicans, for a lot of them, they're shiny objects. If nothing else, because they make it clear who they are. They're not going to have to do a lot of homework to figure out who they are. Exactly. I get taxes back? Okay, cool. Got it. Awesome. Nancy Pelosi, you're speaking for eight hours? And that's the other thing. Like I said, that's grandstanding. Eight hours? What is there to talk about for eight hours with this? It's wrong. Period. Done. Mike, drop. Walk out. We're not going to stand for anything else. It's wrong. Yes. Over. Speech. Fuck you. Done. (laughs) Like, I'm out. I don't have anything else to say. And this is where the social dominance theory kind of that we were mentioning earlier really comes into play because, you know, we talk about how, you know, certain governments have advantages over ours. Like, you know, certain socialist democracies. It's easier for Norway to be a socialist democracy because everyone in Norway is Norwegian. Right. Everyone in China is Chinese. They can all look at each other. They don't have to deal with racism and all these kind of things that keep us apart, right? Mm -hmm. Um, We have to create a consensus. Republicans have the same kind of advantage. That social dominance theory that they want, Mm -hmm. they have a very clear agenda. And whether they come up with creative ways to say it or not, which they're very good at, their agenda is white men in power forever till we die. (laughs) Ride or die forever. And and they that agenda that they all agree on unanimously allows them to be very focused and driven towards one particular goal. Democrats don't have that that advantage in the sense right. that we have to create consensus out of a large group of people. That's hard. Stuff like this, though, is where you get it because this is so universally obvious. Here's something that you do. You do what Republicans do. Republicans, conservatives love to tout America, America, America. But for them, and this is the problem, like you talk about how it's easier to have those kind of economic systems in countries like Norway, Sweden, and so on and so forth. And that is absolutely correct. They're homogenous societies. A lot of the people, like, yo, I am Swedish. That is who I am. And in 2018... Americans should be made to feel that same way. I get it that we're a country of many different faces, many different people. I've always liked to equate this country to a salad as opposed to a melting pot. Yeah. You know, a melting pot implies assimilation. It's a goop. You know, a salad, it's got onion, tomato, some Parmesan cheese, lettuce. (laughs) You can taste each of it. My mouth is watering as I say this. Mm. You know, and yet you can also taste that it's a salad. You can specifically taste that those things come together to make a salad. Mm -hmm. They come together to make something greater than the sum of their parts. And if you stand for something and you stand to show these dreamers, they're Americans. 
I don't care that they're of Salvadorian descent. I don't care that they're of Mexican descent. I don't care if they're of Nigerian descent, Mongolian, wherever. They are Americans. They've been here their entire lives. The shade and the hue of their skin has nothing to do with that. Those separatist tactics that Republicans do to delineate who gets to be American or rather to differentiate between who gets to be an American and who doesn't, no. Mm -hmm. Stand for it, speak loud, speak proud, and then you don't have this problem. Exactly. And then it's a lot easier to build consensus amongst your big tent because this is a party with the big tent and a lot of different people that come from a lot of different places. But that's always been historically. It's not quite being executed properly now, but that has always been historically what's attracted people to the Democratic Party at this point in time. You know, but that doesn't seem to be I don't know if they've forgotten that or if that doesn't seem to be politically expedient anymore. Last thing I'll say, that is ridiculous because, as I've always said, again, weekly update, the country's only getting more brown. <laughs> exactly. And so to, the, to me, like, to bring it full circle, don't do the Dodge Ram MLK version of this. Don't. Don't, don't do the show. Don't hand me the Band-Aid while I'm bleeding out and be like, but it has like a little unity symbol on it. It's like, I, I'm <laughs> dying. Yeah, right. I don't care that this Band-Aid is cute. Yeah. And that it has all the right little nice symbols on it. <laughs> I need actual things that are going to save my life. Right. And like, don't do the hollow gesture. And that's why, like I said, I just don't have a problem at this point saying these people aren't about it. And yes, obviously first step one, get all these Republicans out of here. They got to go ASAP. But step two, getting the, you know, the old hat Democrats, they got to go too. And that has never been more clear in this, in this situation than mm-hmm. in anything else that's happened so far because they had a chance to actually stand up for something and they folded. And like you said, the thing that they were standing up for was the embodiment, literally human embodiments of what America is all about. Yeah. That you can come here from anywhere. And if you uphold American ideals, you can be great. That's it. Well, everybody, that's this episode of The American Race. Um, As usual, if this episode made you significantly pissed, what we wanted to start doing is offering maybe a way you could take that anger and channel it in an effective way. Our recommendation for this week is that you sign up for the Daily Countable newsletter. Daily Countable is dope. It's like a way... It'll just show up in your inbox. It's a newsletter via email, as it says. And it will basically tell you about four or five actionable items that you can do every week to kind of join the resistance, so to speak, or fight back, or, you know, kind of work to do what we can to stem the tide until Clapback 2018. Yeah, get engaged. (laughs) Yeah. So I highly recommend going to their website and signing up for it. Uh, It's a great service, and they will give you a bunch of stuff that will make you feel better about the world. This is the thing I've noticed. I feel a lot better when I do something positive because I I feel like I'm not at least sitting around and stewing. Mm -hmm. As always, we love you for listening. Thanks for participating in our weekly bitch session. We we appreciate it. Um, You can listen to us on SoundCloud or iTunes. Um, You can subscribe to us there. You can give us a rating. You can... Uh, read our stuff or watch our videos or find our podcasts on theamericanrace.net um, as always Chad is killing it with the Facebook posts so you can find us there as well and we will see you next week should we ever be in short supply ourselves feel free to riot over us yes I would appreciate that yeah, that I would, would make be honest. special yeah. alright guys talk to you later bye bye